All right, this is a scary question, a question I heard recently, and it's something we all need to consider, especially if you're in sports media. The question was this, is radio dead? Let's discuss. Welcome to the Sportscasters Club Radio Show, where it's all about becoming a better sportscaster and a better sports fan. And now, your host, a man who began his sports broadcasting career way back in 1993, Rick Schultz. All right, another episode of the Sportscasters Club online radio show. I am Rick Schultz. Thanks for joining us today. Another scintillating, exciting, thrilling episode of the Sportscasters Club online radio show. Today I want to talk about a a question that came up at the Barrett Sports Media Summit recently in New York City. And the question was this, is radio dead? Think about it. Our world is changing. Technology is booming and advancing and evolving. Is radio dead? That was the question and it, it makes you think. It makes you think and maybe it makes you shudder. Maybe you get scared. If you're like me, you grew up listening to radio, particularly AM radio. It was funny. I, I remember l- growing up in high school, there was definitely a divide, you know, in the 90s, let's say. That's when it was, the early 90s. There was a divide because I listened to talk radio, predominantly at the time, WFAN, Mike and the Mad Dog. That was afternoon, daily appointment listening. Every day, appointment listening, Mike and the Mad Dog, no question about it. And as someone who listened to that station nonstop, 24 hours a day, whether it was midnight, 2 a.m., Steve Summers all night, whether it was 6 a.m. with Imus in the morning, 10 a.m. in the middays, whether it was Lupica or Ed Coleman or Dave Sims or any of the number of Russ Salzberg until the afternoon, Mike and the Mad Dog, and then a number of uh, people in the nighttime. I listened to WFAN nonstop. And there was a, a pretty distinct split. All of my friends who were sports fans, they did the same thing. They did the exact same thing. They listened to WFAN nonstop, just like I did. Maybe not as much. I was a little extreme. I was the one laying in bed listening at 12, 1, 2 in the morning. After I came home on a Saturday night from a high school party. That's what I was doing. Maybe played some Nerf hoops in the room while I listened to Steve Summers break down the Knicks-Pacers game. You know, that was, that was me on a Saturday night in high school, typically. But then there was another bunch of friends who thought I was nuts listening to AM radio. They wanted to listen to the pop hits. They wanted to listen to the latest hip-hop station, the, the latest you know, popular music that was out there. That's what they, the MTV at the time, BET, that's what they wanted to listen to. Meanwhile, me, I was listening to talk radio. Sports, eventually I I expanded tremendously into news and went many years listening to, to news talk radio more than sports. And now it's a little bit of a combination of the both. But the point of the matter is there was a split. Some of my friends thought I was a geek or a nerd for listening to AM radio, AM radio. But you have to remember, this was the time when it was just starting to explode because of 
I guess you could say four different people, especially in New York, if you want to talk about Howard Stern, Don Imus, Rush Limbaugh, and Mike and the Mad Dog. Those four really exploded at the same time, and I think they all helped each other. They all benefited each other. You could say that Rush was the king and that he really led the revitalization of the AM dial. Well, Don Imus had a lot to do with it, too. And so did Howard Stern. And so did Mike and the Mad Dog. All in their own way, they saved the AM dial. And at the time, if you were a high school student listening to AM radio, you were kind of unique, I guess. I guess you were kind of unique. I mean, my buddies and I, we would show up on Monday morning and we'd be talking about what the sports reporters discussed on Sunday morning on ESPN. Or what Steve Summer said the night before during the weekend overnights, or Jody McDonald, if it was a weekend. I think Steve Summers was during the during the week. But that's the kind of stuff that we consumed. But now the question is, as we're in an age 30 years later, is radio dead? And that's the question because it's not the same. Millennials, Gen Z, they're not turning on the radio to, to listen to AM radio. They're just not. The 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, they still are. They're anchored to that. That's what they know. That's what they like. But people in the middle, like myself, I listen to AM radio in the car. But more and more, and I'd say the majority of what I listen to is not AM radio. It's either streaming or it's on demand. So I can listen to something streaming on Sirius or on a different platform or directly from whoever's producing the content. And then podcasts have just exploded. I mean, you're here at the Sportscasters Club online radio show. Obviously, this is a, a nationally, world worldwide known entity, a program that gets millions of listeners every day, similar to Joe Rogan and the like. So thank you for being here. But the way we we consume content is different. So... At the Barrett Sports Media Summit, there was a lot of discussion about this. Do we change what we do because of the evolution of the technology? Do we consider the fact that radio is dead and we have to do something completely different now? Well, my answer to that and the answer that many of the professionals had is that no, radio is not dead and you don't have to change. Because radio now and this is my opinion and and the one that many of the people on the panels shared, is that radio just looks different now. It's just transmitted differently. It's still the same content. It's just that the distribution has evolved. So you may listen to it on your phone. You may listen to it on your computer, your your earbuds, many different ways, but it's still radio. It's just that it comes through the phone instead of turning a button, a knob on your kitchen counter on this little box standing there. Remember those things? My kids my kids get a kick when I tell them about the little pink boom box my sister had. You'd open it up, play the tape. When I talk to them about recording songs off the radio onto a cassette tape, it blows their mind. And then when I talk about the dual cassette player when you can dub from one to the other and make mixtapes and make all that fun stuff... It, it, it kind of loses them at that point. They, they have a hard time following at that point. They just don't understand because their mind 
has never had to do any of that. They just click a few buttons on their little phone and they can listen to whatever they want. They can play their Amazon music or their Spotify or whatever, Pandora or whatever it is that they want to use to listen to things, Apple Music, and they can just listen to it wherever they are. They can zap it right to the car and it comes through the speakers or they can plug it in if they want, like they do in my truck, and we can listen to whatever they want. They can play DJ all the way to school, all the way to dance. They get to play DJ. But it's different. It's just different than it used to be, but it's still radio. So the point is, the content is the king. The distribution is what bridges that gap between you and your audience, you and your listener. So I just think there's a lot more work to do than there used to be. It used to be you'd focus inside that studio, inside that station. For example, when I interned at WFAN, it was in Astoria, Queens, in a basement. It was like a little maze you had to go through to get down there. You felt like you were in the little dungeon. And everything focused there. And you right there was everything you needed to put the program together. You had the host, the anchors, the update people, the production crew, the board ops, everything. Producers, writers, sales team. It was all right there in that little dungeon, that little basement. Now, you have that. You have a studio. But then you have so many more tentacles reaching out and stringing out that that's where the real work is. And that's where the work has expanded because now you need dedicated people that are promoting it on social media and dedicated people that are putting the clips on podcasts and maybe cutting their own separate podcasts that are distinct and different from what went on on the the regular terrestrial radio. Maybe it's the same, maybe it's different. But you need a whole team, a whole management group that is disseminating the information so many different ways. Social media. And, and in social media, TikTok is different than LinkedIn and is different than Facebook and is different than Instagram and is different than Twitch and on and on and on and on and on. And you need experts that can get your material out on those places and out on YouTube and out on all these different places in their own native language that fits on that platform. And that's where the real work is now. It's not just in that little dungeon basement in Astoria, Queens. Now it's all out there. The content is still the king. That part doesn't change. The dissemination is what changes. And so that was really a a big topic of discussion at the Barrett Sports Media Summit. It was one that I was really into. It was really an exciting discussion in my mind because as someone who grew up loving AM radio and really enjoying the the evolution of it and how it's so much it's so much more um, at your fingertips literally now. And that's a great thing because if I'm visiting family in Las Vegas, I can listen to WFAN. That wasn't possible 20 years ago. And so that's awesome. If I want to hear what what Carton and Roberts are talking about on a Tuesday morning, and I'm in San Francisco, I can. And that's so cool. That's so cool just because of the dissemination. So I've got some final thoughts on this when we come back. I hope this is the topic that is making you think. And when I come back, I'll have a final few thoughts to add. Are you an aspiring sportscaster or an established sportscaster? Or how about just a sports fan? Well, you probably are, which is why you're tuned into the Sportscasters Club online radio show. A great way to get practice, to build a platform, 
and to become a better broadcaster is by doing exactly what I'm doing right now, hosting a podcast. And the cool thing is, it's really easy. It's really simple. I mean, if I can do it, really anybody can do it. Hosting a podcast now is something that's available to anyone. If you're a beginner or if you're advanced, number one, it's a lot of fun. Number two, it allows you to improve and become better in your craft. And number three, it's a great way to put your name out there and network and build a career. So if you would like to host a podcast, you can do the same thing I've done. And I've chosen to use Buzzsprout as my host. Number one, they're pretty much the easiest one out there. It is so simple to start a podcast with Buzzsprout. And again, if I can do it, you can do it. Number two, they're very inexpensive. And number three, they have all the tools you need to grow your podcast the way you want to do it. You have complete control. So if you're interested in setting up a podcast for yourself, check out the show notes. You can take a look at the process. It's so simple. You can go right on there, click it, and you can be set up literally within a few minutes. It's very easy. If you have questions about the process, you can always send a message to me at questions at sportscastersclub.com. But again, if you're interested in hosting your own podcast, check out the show notes. I'll put the link in here for Buzzsprout. Check it out, and if you have questions, I'd be glad to help as well. All right, so before we wrap this one up, just want to remind you for all kinds of material for obviously the radio program, you can check out sportscastersclub.com. We've got books, we've got a lot of free material, a lot of articles, tips, tricks, our seven-hour sports broadcasting course, and also our, our community, our VIP community, where you can connect with other sportscasters. You can learn about all that stuff at sportscastersclub.com. So thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this. hope you also caught the episode we talked last time about the big key that we learned at the Barrett Sports Media Summit. If you didn't hear that, the big secret that they unveiled, check out the previous episode because Barrett Sports Media did unveil the big, they unmasked it. They unmasked the big secret of building a successful career and I spent a whole episode talking about it last time. So go check that out. Again, sportscastersclub.com and you can subscribe, obviously, to the podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts. So glad to have you here today. I am Rick Schultz. And until next time, so long. Thanks for listening to the Sportscasters Club radio show at sportscastersclub.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. And thanks for liking, sharing, posting reviews, and spreading the word. 